0: I mentioned at the beginning of Mass that this gospel passage that Deacon just proclaimed is about the end of the world, Jesus Christ and his second coming to judge the living and the dead. And he's coming as the bridegroom to be wed to the bride, which is the church, that's us, and then to celebrate the great wedding banquet. The banquet really is heaven. And we heard this parable referring to the Wise and the foolish virgins. And so, well, what, what made the, the women who were wise, wise, is what I asked myself. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, they had enough oil so that when the bridegroom came, when Jesus came, that they would be able to light their lamps and go forward. The, the foolish one didn't bring enough oil with them. And, okay, well, hmm, boy, that, that doesn't really answer the question about, well, What's this all about, and and, well, what made them wise, just because they brought oil? And so, when I was thinking about that, I went to the first reading, and you heard God being described as having wisdom. We say it's an attribute of God, something that is a part of God, that he has wisdom. And with this wisdom, he pursues us. He anticipates that we might pursue him. He waits around for us. He chases after us. He wants us to share in his wisdom. Okay, great. But what specifically is God's wisdom? Well, I like to think of it in this way. It's what God knows, and he knows everything, but it's what God knows and how he wants his knowledge applied to our lives. It's what God knows, and how he wants his knowledge applied to our lives. Now, you and I have been recipients of his wisdom, and maybe we don't think of it as wisdom, so I'll just give you a couple examples. The first example, just think of the Ten Commandments. It really does make sense to us that we're not to kill people, We're not to steal things. We're not to lie. Yeah, but that's God's wisdom, and he's applying it to our lives so that we can have order not only in our lives but also in our communities and in in our society. Then sometimes there's God's wisdom that seems to be counterintuitive to us, stuff that we may not really want to accept, at least at first. And I'll give you an example of that. When Jesus taught us this, love your enemies, and pray for your persecutors. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait wait, a minute, wait a minute. My enemies, I'm supposed to love them? They sure don't love me. My persecutors, those who, who are doing wrong to me, I'm supposed to, to pray for them? Why would I pray for them? I want them to go away in my life. Some of this is counterintuitive. But the wisdom coming from God really... Points us to the cross. And Jesus suffered and died on the cross for everybody, including his enemies. And he died because he loved them. So when when we love our enemies or pray for our enemies, or try to at least, in our persecutors, we are sharing in the cross of Christ. It, it, it's, it's a tough thing to do. But in sharing in the cross of Christ. He's breaking open within us His mercy, the mercy that flows from his, his suffering. And we share in that mercy when we pray for those who persecute us and even try to love our enemies. That's God's wisdom. His knowledge, and in this case His action, applied to our lives. Okay, let's go to the wise and foolish virgins. I like to see the wise virgins as this. Their hearts, the center and core of who they are, their hearts were open to receive God, to receive that wisdom, to receive his teaching within their lives. Remember the parable of the sower and the seed and about all the different kinds of soil? The soil of their hearts was rich. It was was open. It was ready for the seeds of God's word, ready for his wisdom to be implanted into their hearts, and then it would grow. And, and, And knowing God in this way, hearing his wisdom, learning his wisdom, they also acted upon it. And it, it, it's, like, it's like having a bunch of oil, and the oil is set afire by God's love. And, and that was them. They heard his wisdom, and they practiced his wisdom in their lives. And in that way, they were prepared and preparing for the coming of the bridegroom. They were ready because they were, their hearts were receptive to the wisdom, and they were acting upon it. Okay. What about the foolish ones? Go back to that parable of the soil. Remember the soil? Some of it was rocky, or some of it had weeds in it. The, the, the foolish ones, I think, were open to hearing God, open to the wisdom of God being shared in their lives. But other things were a part of their heart, too. And it started to choke off that wisdom. And so they grew lackadaisical, they didn't really practice what they were receiving, and and they didn't let it grow within their hearts what they were receiving. And so it's like not having enough oil being prepared for the coming of the bridegroom because you're not practicing what you're receiving, and your light, that oil, your light grows dim, and you don't have enough oil by the time the Savior comes again. So the wise ones were the ones who heard the word of God, received that wisdom, accepted it, and practiced it in their lives. Of course, the moral of the parable is that we be like those wise ones, receiving what God wants to give to us, who who works overtime to give to us, so that we can grow within his wisdom and practice it, in our lives. Let's be prepared for the second coming of Jesus, for we do know not the time or the hour